to Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 8. Now, that's in the New Testament. So that would be after Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then comes Acts. And if you turn over to the book of Romans, you've gone too far. And so we need to learn how to use our swords again. And uh, I think everybody has a Bible now in our church. Yay! Um, Karen and Janice got their Bibles today. And we praise the Lord for that. And so um, we're going to start learning how to use our Bibles and how to find things because we need that in the day we live. We need that in the day we live. Can we say amen? amen? This morning I'm going to be talking about Lord send the fire. Lord send the fire out of Acts chapter 8. And we sang about that, about the old time power from the um, first day of Pentecost. And so we talked about that. You know, the first day of Pentecost, everybody was on the same page. Amen. Everybody knew what to do. There was no confusion. They were all in one place, in one accord. There was no turf battles. There was no James arguing with Peter about what they should do. And I'm talking about his cousin James, not Jesus' brother James. They were on the same page. They had prayer meeting. They had a business meeting. And they waited on the Lord. Today, it seems like there's too much confusion in the church. Today, the church is more concerned about itself and its own need, and sometimes it's our own need individually, than we are concerned about God's need and what God wants us to do. And it doesn't need to be that way. We are one body, one spirit, one Lord, Amen? And we, live, we believe in one word of God. And we believe what Jesus said. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. We believe in the virgin birth. And we believe that God created all things. And we believe in the Holy Spirit. Not as an it, but as a person. Amen. And our church needs to seek the Holy Spirit. You know why some of you are having the problems you are having? Because you don't have the Holy Ghost. Well, I'm saved, Pastor. But there's more to life and more to the Christian life than just getting saved. And some of you are having the problems and the issues you're having is because you don't have the Holy Ghost. You don't have the Holy Spirit in your life. He hasn't indwelt you and filled you to overflowing. You don't have the joy of the Lord because the joy giver's not in you. 
And the problem, the thing is, is the Holy when you accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, He's already there because He's already He is one with the Father and one with the Holy Spirit. And all we need to do is open up our hearts, yield to Him, and let Him have control. But the problem is, we don't want anybody else to have control but ourselves. That kind of reared its head this week. In the body of Christ, there are no turf wars. Because God owns the turf. What did Jesus say when he taught us how to pray? Not my will, but thine be done. God's will. Our will becomes secondary. But he gives us a free will to choose. Are we going to allow the Holy Spirit to do his work in our lives? And it's so simple. Don't let the, the devil rob. So many people, I don't want, oh, if I get filled with the Holy I don't know what I'm going to sound like or what, is, what I'm going to look like. You know that's the devil talking? Stop listening to the old devil. Be hungry for more of God. You know, our, wor- when we would, our worship time is the whole service. We're still worshiping God. But you know what our worship time would be more enhanced if we would get in the Spirit and, and let the Holy Spirit reign in our lives? Come on. So Lord, send the fire. Because the church needs an awakening. The church needs to wake up. Well, I worked all night. I, it's not what I'm talking about. The church needs the church is so happy in its slumber sitting back doing nothing thinking they're doing something. Well, nothing is something. No, not in God's eyes. We're so content with our busyness that we forget we're supposed to be busy about what God considers busy. What is Jesus' heart? Preach the gospel to every creature. That's his heart. Go, he says. Go and teach all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And not just getting them saved, but discipling folks. So I have some good news for you. Coming soon, not next week or the week after, but coming soon, we are going to be starting Life Corps. Yay! We have, we have discussed this with, the, the, with several of you. Robin didn't hear about it, but I don't know how that happened. We have talked about it. Um, which is funny, she didn't hear about it. And, and the elders and I have discussed it, and so has the staff. But what's Life Corps? It's going to be happening on Sundays at 5 o'clock, but not right away because we're getting ready. Because we want to do it the best. And you're going to be encouraged and energized. And it's going to be a wonderful time. It's going to be a time of gathering and fellowship and, and, and singing and, and, and testifying and let the Holy Ghost be the Holy Ghost and move in our service. And it's also going to be a time to disciple you in things that we don't get to normally talk about, like end times and what's happening today. The, 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 uh, our VBS committee, uh, I don't like committees, just from the name of it, but they're trying to figure out the curriculum. 
And they're debating this curriculum, and they're debating that curriculum. And one of them that they're, they're, they're talking about is Babylon. And, and they say, well, that doesn't sound so exciting. Well, that's the culture you live in. Hello? That's the culture. If we've ever lived in a time of Babylon, we're living it right now. Are we going to be Daniels and stand up for the Word of God? Or are we going to shrink and bow down to the, to the God of this culture? Are we going to be Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and say, I'll go into the fiery furnace for God and walk around with Jesus? You're going, where's all those stories? Open up the book of Daniel and read. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego weren't going to bow down to no God but God himself. And they said, throw us in the fire. Because we're not going to worship anyone else than the God Almighty. And when they threw him into the fire, the ones who threw him into the fire fell down dead. But they were seen walking around in the fire. They had, they had built up the furnace twice as hot. That's why the guards fell down dead from the heat. And then the king looked in there. He says, wait a second. Didn't we just throw in three men? There's four of them. And the fourth one looks like the Son of God. And then the king ordered them to come out. And they did not smell like fire. What kind of life are we going to live? The Holy Spirit came to give us boldness. So that we can live a life in a world that's crazy. In a world that's nuts. In a world that's angry. Doesn't that describe what's going on in our world right now? There's no reason. Do you know that this kid who just shot up the school, that some of the students said, we can't understand this because he's a sweet kid? Does that, is that a contradiction? We knew him as a sweet kid. We didn't see this coming. Is the devil real? Is evil out there? We have an answer to the evil and the problems, and his name is Jesus Christ. And if Jesus Christ could have got a hold of that kid, do you think he would have done what he did? No, he wouldn't have. Think about it. But we're so, we're so comfortable being busy that we need to start getting busy about what concerns Jesus. Oh, let us pray. Lord Jesus, I just thank you and praise you for your word today. And I thank you for this wonderful congregation. Oh, I love each one here. And I want to see them all filled with your Holy Spirit, Lord, so that we can be busy about what's important, what is really on your heart, Jesus, and that is getting people saved. Because, Lord, we don't need to see the craziness come to Wapit and Breckenridge. Because, Lord Jesus, we could be busy about getting people saved and, Lord, reaching out to the outcasts and getting them saved, reaching out to those who are addicted, getting them saved, reaching out to those who are, um, who are lonely and getting them saved. And, Lord Jesus, not just getting them saved, but fellowshiped and loved and so bringing them into a community that they can learn your word, Lord. Reaching out to those who have have no hope, Lord Jesus. Because too many people are killing themselves in this day too. 
we are living in a time that is just nuts, Lord. But Lord, we thank you that you have the answers and we praise you for that. And I thank you, Lord, for the anointing that is here today. Lord, fill us all with your Holy Spirit. Let your Holy Spirit rain down on our lives, Lord Jesus. And let me only speak the words that you would have me to say. Speak to our hearts, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Let's dive into the word. I want you to see something. Revival breaks out in an unlikely place. Wapping and Breckenridge. Ah, no, Samaria. Revival breaks out. Let's look at Acts 8, starting in verse 4. Therefore, those who were scattered went everywhere, preaching the word. Then Philip went down to the city of Samaria and preached Christ to them. And the multitudes, with one accord, heeded the things spoken by Philip, hearing and seeing the miracles which he did. For unclean spirits, crying with a loud voice, came out of many who were possessed, and many who were paralyzed and lame were healed. And there was great joy in that city. Hallelujah. Actually, I want to... Hmm. But there was a certain man called Simon who previously practiced sorcery in this city and astonished the people of Samaria, claiming that he was someone great to whom they had given, who they gave heed, and the least to the greatest, saying, This man is the power of God for a long time. But when they believed Philip as he preached the things concerning the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, both men and women were baptized. Then Simon himself also believed. And when he was baptized, he continued with Philip and was amazed seeing the miracles and signs which were done. Oh, revival breaks out. And what was the cause of the revival? What was the cause of the revival? Come on, don't go to sleep on me. That's what I'm talking about. Church, you need to wake up. What was the cause of this great revival? I'll tell you what the cause was. Obedience. When the Christians were scattered abroad out of Jerusalem, what did they do? They went out and preached the gospel to everyone. And they did it unashamedly to the point that a sorcerer, a sorcerer who made his money out of it, even got saved. A worshiper of the devil got saved. A man who had power from the enemy got saved because they were obedient. And, they, and Philip went to an unlikely place. You see, Philip was raised all his life to hate the Samaritans. They're dirty dogs, not worthy of God. <coughs> but Philip knew that Jesus had gone and met, sat down with the Samaritan woman. And Philip knew about the story how the whole town came and met Jesus and a great revival broke out. And Philip turned his, because Philip got saved, number one. Philip got filled with the Holy Ghost, number two. And because of the Holy Ghost, the Holy Ghost took away all prejudice out of his life. There is no place for a Christian to be a bigot. There is no place. 
And he was obedient. He went down to Samaria and he preached Jesus Christ. And revival broke out. Do you know that revival starts in the church because the people humble themselves and repent and turn from their wicked ways? Did you know he's talking to the church there? But revival breaks out because also the church is obedient to the word of God and does what the word of God has to say. Come on. Come on, think about it. You see, the thing is, after you're saved, now what? After you got saved, now what? You ask Jesus into your heart, now what? We just sit back and play church? The day of playing church is over with, folks. The day of church, playing church is over with. It's time to be the church. See, the problem in America, we think our church, going to church is going to a building. Going to church is getting together with fellow believers in Christ. Going to church is doing what Christ has called us to do. Going to church is getting people saved. Amen? After salvation, now what? Did you know that baptism... In the Holy Spirit is separate is a separate experience from salvation and water baptism. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit is a separate experience than water baptism and salvation. And the reason why the baptism in the Holy Spirit is so important is that the baptism in the Holy Spirit helps us to fulfill our mission. Everyone here has been given a mission by God. You have been commissioned to do something by the Lord Jesus Christ. Are we hearing it? I want you to notice something. I jumped ahead on accident, but that's okay. God had to wake them up. God had to wake them up and scatter them. I want you to back up to verse 1. Now Saul was consenting to his death. I'm sorry. Verse 3. For As for Saul... As for Saul, he, was, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. This is what was causing the church to scatter. Up to this point, the church was happy just to stay in Jerusalem. Uh, it, it was so bad that after Paul became, Saul became Paul and was off doing ministry with Barnabas, they took along John Mark from the youth group in Jerusalem. And he went off with them and then got terrified on the first missionary journey, got so scared he ran back home to Jerusalem. The people were content to stay in Jerusalem. And Jesus said, I want you to go out into the whole world. I want you to... 
be a witness here in Jerusalem and then Judea and Samaria and then to the uttermost parts of the world and they were just content staying in Jerusalem. So what did God do? He even used Paul before he was saved. He raised up Paul, he used Paul before he was saved to scatter the church. Can you imagine? And then after Paul scattered the church for God, he got him saved. Think about that. He had to wake the church up because they were too satisfied where they were and what they were doing. Do you think maybe that's why we're having so many problems here in America? Because he's trying to wake up the church because the church keeps on staying in its slumber? And we don't recognize, oh, we kind of wake up, oh, I wish somebody would have got that kid saved. And we go, <sighs> reminds me of the old grandma and grandpas in Willy, Won Willy Wonka. Remember Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory? The, 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 the grandmas and gra the, the, the two set of grandma and grandpas and they stayed in bed all the time. And it wasn't until Charlie got the golden ticket that only one, one grandparent got out of bed. Of course, he could only take one person with him, but he got out of bed finally. And the, uh, can you imagine? But that's what the church has been like. We're all slumbering in our bed together. God wants us to wake up, and maybe that's why we're seeing so much shaking going on. Wake up! The alarm, we keep on hitting the snooze button. Wake up! <clears throat> oh, beep, beep, beep. Oh, it's God again. Hi, God. I'm going to push the button again. Come on. We need to expect something. Do you know during revival, some great things happen? Let me, tell, let me point out some great things that happen during revival. During revival, expect salvations to be a commonplace. But here's some great thing. Healings happen. How many here need a healing? Oh, we better be starting to... I, I know a bunch of people in this church who need a great miracle in their lives. And, and we, you know what? Why aren't we seeking revival then? Lord, send a revival. I need a healing. Because great healings were... People who were paralyzed were healed and walking. That's what the scriptures just said when we read it. And signs and wonders were happening. And deliverance was happening. Why are we content with just doing church normal? Come on! Wake up! Why are we content? Let's get excited about it. By the way, I just learned that there's a good thing about fasting. Fasting helps us to wake up because it brings our body under subjection. But did you know that fasting heals your body? Oh, what are you talking about? It resets everything. Did you ever have a problem with your computer? I am right now. But did you ever have a problem with your computer? And what is the first thing they tell you? Reboot it. Turn it off. Turn it back on. And see, that's the first thing they tell you to do to make sure that it's going to work right. If, it doesn't, if that doesn't straighten it out, then you've got a bigger problem. And then you've got to do some other things. And if that doesn't straighten then you've got to do other But anyway, but fasting reboots your mind and your whole, all, everything in your body, your genes, your circulatory system, it does, and it cleanses it. Isn't that interesting? 
Fasting, and you don't have to fast a whole bunch of days in a row. Two days a week is not all you need. And they don't have to be back to back. Did you know the early church, and even through the early church fathers, fasting was a normal program in all Christians' lives? They just practiced fasting. And by the way, if you need extra money, it brings your food bill down. Because you don't have to buy as much food, right? And by the way, if you're, on, if you're a diabetic and you've got to oh, they got to tell you, got no, 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 you can, I checked it out, and you can drink juice to take care of the medicine. And, and, and that's a type, there's a type of fasting where you can use, anyway. Let me tell you what revival is not. Revival is not a bunch of set meetings. We're going to have revival this week. We got Pastor Joe coming. Yay! We get all excited. Pastor Joe is here. <clears throat> That's not revival. What revival is is the Holy Spirit being loosed in our lives. It's the Holy Spirit being loosed in our lives. My word, I, I, kinda, I kept on closing my eyes to worship the Lord today because every time I opened up, there were so many distractions going on, I had to rebuke it. You know the Holy Spirit wants us, dear, while we are singing, to focus on the Father. His whole thing is to get us to focus on the Father. And when we're distracted, moving around, rushing around, doing this, doing that, doing the other thing, do, not worried about this, worried about that, we are not focused on the Father. Listen, folks. Today we need the power that only the baptism in the Holy Spirit can bring. Did you hear me? Today we need the power that only the baptism in the Holy Spirit can bring. Come on. So they're having a revival. People are getting saved. Miracles are happening. But something was missing. Baptism was needed. Baptism was needed to keep the momentum. Well, people are getting water baptized. I'm talking about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Because they needed to keep the momentum going. Let's look at verse 14 through 17. Now when the apostles who were in Jerusalem heard that, the Samaria, that Samaria had received the word of, the, of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For as yet he had... He, for... who, when they had come down, prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for as yet he had fallen upon none of them. They had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. They received the Holy Spirit. I don't think people are paying attention to hear this. I don't think they're getting it.
We're still letting distractions affect us. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look into his wonderful grace. Get your mind on him and what God is trying to say to you. I sometimes feel like I'm battling up here to get through. Holy Spirit, I'm telling you something. We gotta start doing church different. The world's not gonna get any better before Jesus comes. We're living in the last days. We are that generation that 150 chapters of the Bible are written about. Only 86 chapters were written about Jesus' first coming. 150 chapters were written about this generation. There are some of us here who are going to see Jesus come back again. And we want to let the devil distract us from receiving what the Holy Spirit would have for us so that we can live in these last days. The enemy of our soul hates you. He wants to destroy you. He wants to kill you. He wants nothing else but to maim you and chew you up and spit you out. But that's why we need the power of the Holy Ghost in our lives because God will protect us. He will keep his hand on us. He will use us. It, we, we th I think about that pastor who was captured by ISIS, tortured, beat upon, spit upon, threatened, and, and finally martyred. But while he was in prison, he won 42 Muslim men to the Lord before they killed him, and he went out praising the Lord. Every, every martyr that died by ISIS' hands, they would get angrier and angrier because they would look up to heaven while they were going to be killed, rejoicing because the next person they were going to see was Jesus. And they got mad because they couldn't terrorize them. Hmm. How are we? You see, they relied on the power of the Holy Ghost. We need the Holy Spirit in our lives. And it was important to Jesus. Listen to what Jesus had to say in chapter 1. It's important to Jesus that we're filled with the Holy Ghost. It was a normal way that the church operated. You get saved, you get baptized in water, and you get the Holy Ghost. Everywhere they went, you get saved, you get baptized in water, you get the Holy Ghost. <clears throat> and then, they, then God decided, I'm going to change it up a little bit. Peter, go to Cornelius' house. They got saved, they got filled with the Holy Ghost, and they were baptized in water. Because God didn't want a formula. God wanted his spirit to flow freely. But it was important. Here we come down to Samaria. They got saved. 
got water baptized, filled with the Holy Ghost. Paul goes off to Ephesus years after this, and he says to the men of Ephesus who he met, he says, what baptism have you received? They say, we received, we got saved, we received, we got baptized in water, but we have not, we didn't even know we were supposed to be baptized in the Holy Ghost. Paul said, let's fix this. He laid hands on them, they all got filled with the Holy Ghost. And the word of God spread through, spread through the region. But this is what Jesus had to say, why it's important. Verse 4 of Acts chapter 1. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, Jesus said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus said this was important for every believer. You know what? The problem with our church right now is we're too Baptist. And to my Baptist friends, I love you, but we're Pentecostals. Our church is too Baptist. We don't have enough people speaking in tongues. We don't have enough people filled with the Holy Ghost, getting words of wisdom, getting words of knowledge, having, having the gift of works. We don't have enough people with the gifts of the Spirit. You know, there's 27 gifts that God wants to give to, to all of us here. Not just the five-fold manifest gifts that they talk about on TV. I wish they would get on the whole counsel of God, meaning the whole word. There's 27 gifts that we can have in our lives to fulfill our mission. And sometimes we only have the gift for a certain time because that's all we needed for that time in our mission. Think about it. Tongues is not just so that we can get filled with the Holy Ghost. It's not just so that we can speak in tongues. It's so that we can be empowered to fulfill the mission that God has called you to. <clears throat> you kids, you young people, I'm excited that our teens are going to be running, doing VBS this year. Because we believe in our teens ministering. Because they're the church of now. But you know, you guys need the Holy Ghost. Your generation needs the Holy Spirit. Not just Jesus Christ in your heart, but you need the one that you can rely upon to speak to your heart so that you and comfort your heart when tough times come so you can fulfill your mission. That's the other reason why we're going to start Life Corps. And it's going to be really cool what we're going to do. I'll be explaining that as we go. The apostles came, and the revival continued as the people were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now let me tell you something. It wasn't the act of them just laying hands upon them. Thank you, Lord. It was the people's willingness to yield Thank and be filled with the Holy yes, Spirit. That's where we make, oh, we're worried so much about... I gotta teach. I, I, I gotta teach you. Um, go get the evangel if you haven't picked it up. There is an article written there. It's one page by the great preacher T. L. Lowry, 
And, and, and for those older folks who know T.L. Lowry, my word, he looked like Moses. His hair, I mean, he just, he could preach and he'd start glowing. I mean, the, the Holy Spirit would move, not because of T Brother Lowry. It was the Holy Spirit who would cause great things to happen in his meetings because he was totally relying on the Lord because he couldn't do it in his own strength. Because people would come expecting, and I can't do none of this, he would tell people. It's all Jesus. It's all the Holy Spirit. Read that article about how to receive the baptism. Read it. And how important it's to what he said years ago. He's in heaven today. He's one of those guys who definitely heard Jesus say, Welcome home, my good and faithful servant. My word, when he got old and they all wanted to put him out of the pasture. He starts praying about, Lord, do you want me to continue going or retire? And the next thing he gets a phone call from a very wealthy man who knew his ministry and said, Brother Lowry, I'm going to give you loan of my jet airplane so you can get all over the world and continue preaching. This is while he was praying for an answer. I don't know about you, but people don't just let you have their planes. <laughs> you know, most people don't let you play with their toys. Or their, yeah! It'd be like, it'd be all of a sudden like Tim is being told by the Lord, Tim, I want you to borrow your motorcycle to Jason and Pastor so they can run around whopping in Breckenridge to preach the gospel. I can hear Tim go, he'd be sounding like he's speaking in tongues. Tim, I told you. Okay, Lord. My baby, Lord! My baby! And you know what? I believe Tim would do it if God actually told... I'm not, not naming it, and I'm not claiming it, Tim. Um, you have your ministry on that bike. But it was her yielding. That's all you have to do is say, Lord, I want everything you have for me, and just yield. Yield, it means you just slow down. You might even come to a complete stop. And you let the Lord take over. Don't worry about what it sounds like. Don't worry about what you're going to look like. Everybody here is going to rejoice with you. I'm getting, I'm taking this thing for the, I'm going to land this plane. Let's get busy. Now, I was talking to Robin and Corey before service today. And we were talking about busyness. And we, we were reminiscing about how at one point in the old church we were so busy, it seemed like we were at church every day. Yep. And, and, and people have been trying to get me to start doing that again here. And I'm going, wait a second, your own husband's complaining they never get to see you. And you want us to get even, oh my word. I've been trying to do simple church. Because simple church with millennials and Generation X, or whatever they're called. Huh? I'm not sure. It's, it's one of those last letters. <clears throat> All I know is they're not, gener I don't think they're Generation Y. They might be. They might be Generation Y. Anyway. Yeah, you know, I love, we've been picking on the millennials all this time, and it turns out it's the generation after them, because the millennials are only from 1980 to 2000, and it's the generation after them that's, um, and, and let me tell you something, um, 
This gener the generation that's been born between 2009 now, please don't get named Snowflake Generation. <laughs> Do you know that ge the Gen X generation went through three, uh, three change name changes until it settled on Gen X? Please don't get, because not, most of the kids I know that are this generation right now, because the millennials are saying, please don't count them with us. But, <laughs> yes, please don't, please don't. But the most of the kids I know and Jason knows yeah. aren't snowflakes. They're not sucking their thumbs, needing their blankies and their color books. No. I, I, none, of them, I, none of them that are in my church are like that. They don't need their safe places because their safe places are all of our safe places with Jesus. Come on. We need to get busy being the church. It's time to wake up. It's time to seek everything God wants for us. The baptism in the Holy Spirit is a gift from God. Can I ask a question? And I'm not meddling. I'm just going to ask a straight-out question. Why wouldn't you want a gift that God has for you? I, I, I just don't understand that. Well, I got taught it's not for today. Well, my word, it is for today. Just because some people misinterpret the Scripture. The Holy Spirit never stopped interacting with people through the ages. There have been tongue talkers from the day of Pentecost all the way to today. It's just that in the last days, Jesus said, Joel said, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. <coughs> And he didn't just say it was just for the guys. He says, my sons and my daughters, your men servants, your maid servants, your old people. That's why we're seeing women preaching the gospel today. Why? Because he's pouring out his spirit on all flesh today. The other reason is that men are being too lazy to do what God's called them to do. <clears throat> My mom said when we were Lutherans in the Missouri Synod, she came to pastor, she says, don't let the women have the vote. Oh, come on, Wanda, we're living in a different day. The, the women have, should have the right to vote. Women do so much of the work. They teach Sunday school. They do this and they do that in the church already. But don't let them have the vote, Pastor. Why? Because one, as soon as the women start voting in the church, taking care of the church business, the men will stay home and play cards or go bowling. And that's what's happened. Oh, let her do it. God has a wonderful gift for you. And the cool thing is, it's a surprise. Okay, imagine this. I have a nice package here with a beautiful bow on it, all wrapped up for you. And in it is a gift just 
for you. Hmm. Now I'm going to do it a little differently and then I'm going to change it up. It could have one dollar or it could have a million dollars. Okay, now this is just, it has your name on it. See, it's got your name on it. Just your name. Are you going to refuse it? God calls it the baptism in the Holy Spirit. He calls it the gift of the Spirit. He has 27 gifts of the Spirit. And he's got your name on it. He has that gift wrapped up. You don't know if you're just getting gift number one or you're getting gift 27 or you're getting five of them or you're going to need ten of them. But he has the gifts just for you to fulfill the mission he has called you to do. The problem is today in America, we think that, oh, Jason and Pastor are called to stand up there and do. <laughs> but everybody here is called to their own mission. Robbins isn't teaching. She has the gift of teaching. Sarah really doesn't need to go to school, but they need to give her a piece of paper because she's got the gift of teaching. It wasn't that she inherited it from her mother. She received the gift of teaching when she got filled with the Holy Ghost. Because before Sarah was filled with the Holy Ghost, she was a shy little thing. Now she can be in a classroom of 20 kids and they could be the rowdiest boys from the neighborhood and she's in there all by herself and they're all behaving. Robin comes out of the classroom after teaching for an hour with her hair pulled out and a gray streak. But Sarah goes in there because God has given her this gift. It's amazing. Kids that every other teacher's had problems with, they just sit there going. God has a gift for you. And the only reason you speak in tongues is that we know that you got filled with the Holy Ghost. It's the normative way God does things. It's his sign that you got filled. You might speak in tongues only once. You might speak in tongues the rest of your life. But the Bible also says some of us who have been filled with the Holy Ghost needs a refilling because the Bible actually says we're supposed to be filled each day. That's why when we pray, we should even pray in the, we should pray in the Spirit every day too. It's time to wake up. It's time to be the church. That's why we want to change things up a little. We're changing things up. We're doing things that we've never thought we could do. Why are we going to have church at five? The reason why we're calling it Life Corps because we want, to make, we want it to appeal to the men too. Life Corps. It's just discipleship class. But it's Life Corps. Disciples for Jesus. But it's Life Corps. Because we want to be God's army here in this community to see souls saved. We also picked five because it's a different time. Because so many people love having their evenings free with their family on Sundays. So we picked five. 
And Robin and I joked with Corey that we even have a family that couldn't make an excuse for why they couldn't get to church on Sunday. And boy, Robin chuckled and just smiled at me. You know what's the cool thing about it? We can have those tables down and after we get done, we could even have cake and coffee or sandwiches or chili or something. You know, something simple. Because otherwise, you know what I'm going to be encouraging us to do? Hey, let's go invade Dairy Queen after church. I miss those days. Robin, don't you miss those days? That I know we never really did it when, since I've been here, but I miss those days when I was other the churches. After we got done with evening service, we'd go out to eat, but you know, with so many of us had little ones and with school, the pressure the kids have, it was just too late to stay out and have fun with each other. But having it at five, we could do that. The other cool thing is, we could, once a month we can get all the men together mm, at five. Yes. Once, at, at the same time, all the ladies are together at five. Wouldn't that be cool? And, and, and we can still have, and here's the cool thing, we can still have teen night at 5 o'clock because we've got such a big t- building. We can s- still have teen night once a month at 5 o'clock. And it's not always on, on Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> Folks, we need revival. We need an awakening. We need boldness. We need the Holy Spirit to be loosed in our lives. Amen? Amen. I'm going to close. All we have to do is receive the Holy Spirit. They waited for 10 days to receive the Holy Ghost. I want to just show you something. Too many people complicate things. I want to show you how easy it was for the original, when the church was born on the original Pentecost Sunday, how easy it was for everyone to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I want you to show I want you to know how simple it was. Acts 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord. Nobody had their own turf wars going on. Nobody had their own desires. Nobody was doing this and that and the other thing. No, they had the same mind. And they were in one place. They were there focused on Jesus. And suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then there appeared to them divided tongues as a fire. One sat upon each of them, and they were all, say all, filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. All it took was them being of one mind and in one place. Um, We call that unity. But in order to have unity in our church, we need to learn to listen to one another. The problem we have is lack of communication. But you know what? We get filled with the Holy Ghost. That gets, that gets solved really quick. Because the Holy Spirit, mm, uh, 
<laughs> Jason, you would have loved this. I had the best piano player one time. We would get so in one, so unified. I'd be up there leading, singing, and I just look at him, and we would change songs without being on the list, and we knew because we were united with the Holy Spirit. We could just change songs. And I saw that man be able to get off the piano bench, dance across the front of the church, dance back to the piano bench, and not miss a beat, and be right where we were in the song. And he had the most gnarled up hands, and it had to be the Holy Spirit in order to let him be able to play like he played. Oh, let us seek the Holy Spirit. Let's get united. Let's get on the same page. Let's start thinking of one another. Let's love one another. Because if we don't have love for the brethren, we're not saved. Let's stop letting our differences divide us. And let's stop trying to, to get our own way. Let's seek the benefit of each other. And let's listen to one another. And let's put the important things, the important things. And let's not, not confuse busyness with spirituality. Effectiveness is spirituality, not busyness. Otters are busy all day long, but what do they really accomplish? <laughs> oh, seek the Holy Spirit. Let Him have His way in your life. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, we are excited about what you are doing in our church. We are excited and anticipating what you're going to do next through us. Lord, wake us up to our individual mission that you have given to each one of us. Because, Lord, I really believe that when we wake up to our individual mission you have given to us, we will all realize it's the same mission for our church. But you are using each one in the gifts that you have given them in order to edify each other meaning to build each other up in our holy faith and to reach this community. Lord, I pray for those who aren't filled with your Holy Spirit today. I ask you, Lord, to put your hand upon them, Lord Jesus. Fill each one. Awake us, Lord, to what you would have us to do. But Lord, fill each one, Lord, because we, we need, we desire, we desperately need, Lord, the boldness that only the Holy Spirit can give. We thank you, Lord, and we praise you for this in Jesus' name. Oh, have your own way, Lord. Touch us in Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Don't anybody look around right now. Just keep your eyes closed. 
Are there those here today that want to be filled with the Holy Ghost to experience that awesome baptism that the Holy Spirit has for you? Hallelujah. Anybody else? Anybody else? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory. Anybody else? He's got this wonderful, precious gift for you. Stop thinking about what you've been told in the past. Look at what the Bible actually says. Let him have his way in you. Let him fill you. Let him do his miracles in your life. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Glory to God. He wants to fill you to overflowing. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. It is so simple. All you have to do is yield to him. In Jesus' name. All right, all those who raised their hands, I want you to act on faith. I want you to get up right now. Stand up, everybody raise their hand. Stand up. 